places that I've never been Seeing things that I may never see again I can't wait to get on the road again Hey everybody and welcome to the Where's Willie podcast. Join me, William Miller, as I travel the country talking to manufacturers of all types about their trials, tribulations, and triumphs in the industry. This show is brought to you by Koganay International America, Inc. FYI, for everyone, Forbes 30 Under 30 is a set of lists issued annually by Forbes magazine and some of its regional editions. The American list recognizes 600 businesses and industry figures with 30 selected in 20 industries each. Asia and Europe also have 10 categories for a total of 300 each, while Africa has a single list of 30 people. Forbes hosts associated conferences and a selection of its website called 30 Under 30. Now, it makes sense why I tell you guys all this as we get into it. Welcome to the Where's Willie podcast, a national manufacturing podcast powered by Coconut International America, Inc., a global manufacturer of more than 512,000 components that help miniaturize every robot, device, machine, and automated process in every industry sector of manufacturing. Today on the Where's Willie podcast, my virtual travels take me to Miami, Florida to talk with a Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee and co-founder of the fastest selling consumer product in North America, as in over 50,000 units sold since COVID-19 was announced, Mr. Chris Mead. Chris Mead is the co-founder of CrossNet, also known as CrossNetGame.com, the world's first four-way volleyball game. CrossNet combines elements of the childhood game Foursquare and volleyball in a competitive game to 11, win by two. CrossNet is now available in Walmart, Target, Dick's, Academy Sports, Amazon, and 20 other retailers. Chris, welcome to the Where's Willie podcast. Before we do anything else, are you in stock? Do you have more being made? Are we delivering to meet the need? <laughs> finally. Yeah, we're finally back in stock after uh, the COVID demand. So back in stock, 30,000 units a month, shipping next day. It's pretty happy. All right. So I have been so pumped to have you, and I can't believe that I was able to catch you. I know that you're busy. I know you're going Mach 7. For the five people that don't follow you already on Instagram or for the two people that are in Miami and haven't seen you on every square inch of South Beach, will you tell the listeners what is CrossNet Game? Of course, yeah. So CrossNet's the world's first version of four-square volleyball. It's a four-way volleyball net. Game to 11, win by two. Legit. Four people spiking, slamming the ball into each other, just trying to be king of the court. Now, you guys have done an amazing job, I think, going viral through your own methods with launching your concept. But honestly, Chris, like what really has me engaged and for you to share your story with so many listeners is right now, COVID, everybody's depressed and down and out. Unemployment's really high. People say, oh, you know what? It's really hard to innovate. You have proven any naysayer completely wrong to have not only an amazing innovation just through a passion that you have to make it come to light, to now be mentioned multiple times on Forbes and everywhere else. Take me back a little, though, because I'm a Kalamazoo kid, born and raised Kalamazoo, Michigan. You're from Connecticut. Can you just tell me the story of, like, when did it begin? How did you go from having an idea to actually, like, you know, having to grow up and learn how to be a manufacturer? Can you just kind of take me through the concept of the idea and where you guys are today? 
Absolutely. Yeah, we grew up in a small farm town in Connecticut called Woodstock. So one restaurant, one stoplight, closest movie theater is an hour away. So just growing up, it was all about having fun in the backyard, right? Like, what can you do to get off, off the couch and have a good time with your friends? Like, I remember going hiking in the woods for six miles straight and finding a random river and building a tree fort. Like, that was our summers growing up, not what it is today. Yeah. So, yeah, we, I was, had graduated college, had a film school degree, actually. So really big into film and media. And I was working at Uber, the headquarters in New York City, as a, a sales manager, pretty much. And it was just nine to five. I was making a great money, but it just was an hour commute each way on the train. I was like, how long can I really do this? Right. I was 24 and I was already kind of burnt out. It says a lot, I guess. So we had this idea for a four way volleyball game. And we assumed it was just going to be like one of those normal nights. Right? You have a good idea. You Google it. Oh shit. You have 20 other people already making it. And it's already a massive company for us. There's nobody doing it. Uh, it was really surprising. So the next day we literally ran to our Walmart, like got two volleyball nets, rigged them together and texted all our friends. We're like, yo, we have this great idea, like come over and play. And that was the only proof of concept we've ever needed. That's amazing. So, you know, for a lot of people, and I mentioned to you before, you know, some similarities, because I think that your trajectory right now, as I mentioned to you, you know, there's another product out there that's, that's doing pretty well too, completely different than your industry. But so you had the proof of concept. So then how did you go from, okay, you've got it working with two volleyball nets in your mind to how did you find the means of a supplier and learning how to be a manufacturer? Like, and what's the timeline for that? Yeah, it's tough. We're still learning. I mean, three years later, we're still like perfecting the thing. Fortunately for us, I mean, in a normal entrepreneurship world, right, you would think of an idea, you would need to create a blueprint. To create a blueprint, you would need the engineer. For us, our partner was an engineer. He had just graduated Northeastern. Smart dude, Mike, the other co-founder. He, it was as simple as him opening up the laptop and creating a blueprint in AutoCAD or whatever program he uses. Yep. We found a manufacturer online with like AliExpress, Alibaba. Just searched like reliable volleyball distributors, like people who make volleyball nets. And we started to like, you're always careful in the beginning because you don't want to give away your product. And then yeah. six weeks later, somebody else is selling it. But we kind of did some NDA stuff, found one that we really trusted and had a good relationship with. And we waited patiently for about three or four months until like the final prototype was like sent over here. Did a lot of negotiating because a lot of the factories were like, oh, you got to start with 20,000 units. And we're like, dude, we don't even have $20,000, let have 20,000 units. So uh, finally found one that we like just was completely really understood who we were as people okay. understood that we were just starting out and they saw the vision for it. So we waited patiently three or four months, finally got the prototype, tested it out. It was pretty good. I wasn't like ready to be sold. There were still some flaws, but after like six or seven rounds of like perfect revision, we were ready to sell about, I'd say about a year later almost. Okay. So give me the timeline. So obviously right now we're August, 2020. So when did you have the first model where you're like, all right, we can go to production with this. What, yeah, so we had uh, started the company in 2017, right around fall of 2017. And we started right before that, like we LLC'd in September 2017. We were probably building a product that summer. So I remember that winter in like January and February, we were taking pre-orders and shipping March of 2018. Okay. That's pretty much the timeline, nine months or so. All right. So, and again, for all the listeners, I want to remind them again, since COVID happened and we call it and we can put a gray number, but I'll just say February 1st, right? Depending on what political party tells you when it actually hit. (laughs) But over 50,000 units sold since then. Before COVID, were you guys already starting to see a spike where you're like, hey, 
CrossNet's really taking off? Or did were you having growth? Were you going viral? And then all of a sudden, February 1st hit, and then you're like, oh, shit, we've got 20,000. We've got to, like, yeah. how, how did that how did kind of go in terms of, like, just forecasting and delivery and things like that? Yeah, so 2019 was actually a really good year for us, right? Okay. 2018, in terms of metrics, right, 2018, we sold $87,000. That's not even a full-time job for some of us. I stepped away from a job paying more than that. Right. 2019, we went from 87000 to $2.5 million. Okay. So we, we killed it 2019 in terms of, like, first year like second year of growth we were really happy with that right selling dozens a day and then we had in our supply chain normally right february is a cold month like we knew we were going to sell we're going to sell at a good rate but it wasn't going to be at the covid rate right so we had about a month or two of inventory which we ended up selling out of within like two weeks the first two weeks of covid wow so yeah we went from selling a couple like maybe selling 100 on like a really good day to selling like four or five hundred a day and that's great for a few weeks, but now that we're on a few months, it's like getting that supply chain up. So we didn't even know that there's like a capacity at our, we always just figured, oh, it's China. They can make an endless amounts. Like there's no cap at a warehouse, like a manufacturing plant. And that's the truth. So we've had to quickly get two brand new manufacturers to wow. start. And now we're finally over the hump as of like August 1st. So we can land over 30,000 units a month, which is great. Because the wholesalers just won't stop ordering them because as soon as they stock up, they leave the shelves and people like buy them immediately. So you've had to now, like I said, you go through this curve, right, of, hey, I just I got this really cool idea. We're getting popular on the beach to now I'm a full-blown manufacturer. I'm negotiating with supply chain. I'm looking at our cost of production, right? So obviously that's the name of the game is income. So you're always looking at how you can reduce your costs. And I'm sure your suppliers and being that I'm a supplier know that, hey, if you buy a million, we can discount the rate. Something else really unique about CrossNet, as I've said repeatedly, and we're going to make sure we say it a bazillion times because I voted for you on Forbes. I definitely think that you qualify. You have an amazing story. I did that today. I messaged you that. The thing I also is really unique. So again, for us, we're B2B. So we manufacture parts that would go into, like, for example, your production line. So we sell globally through distribution. That's our channel to market. Other people that have an amazing product like you would do e-commerce where they manage all of that. But as I said in the intro, you've partnered with the biggest retailers in the world, both e-com and Amazon, and then also the brick and mortar as well as, you know, Walmart. They've been growing rapidly too with their e-com. At what point then in 2019 in COVID February 1st, when did that channel happen and how have you been learning or negotiating the availability or do you have stocking discussions like, hey, look, if we're going to partner with like, you've got to commit to this because we have to commit to how many we're going to produce. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's fun. It's a, it's a challenge. We're still learning. We're a super young team. I'm 27. My other founders are 25, 26. So like it's definitely a learning curve, especially with payment terms. So 2019, you were nationwide with Shields, which is a Midwest sporting goods store. I think they have like 34, 35 locations. That was our first partner. Okay. And we started with two stores just as a test. Started from me like practically begging the dude on LinkedIn, just, hey, please take eight units. Like I promise we'll sell. They never sold. And then <laughs> and then like six months later, they sold like when our marketing started working. Okay. So they're our first partner. We went from two stores to nationwide with them overnight. Constantly sell out there. We are also in Academy Sports, which is 284 locations, I believe, worldwide. 
And then at the beginning of the pandemic, we had a small test with Dick's Sporting Goods for 300 units, like going out the door. Uh, and this is right in the beginning of COVID, right? When our sales went from 100 to four, 500. And they had reached out and said, hey guys, forget the 300, let's go 5,000 and let's get it almost nationwide. So that's what we did. And that sold out almost immediately as well. So the toughest part for us right now is managing retail versus e-com because as a business owner, right? Like my margins are inconsistent on e-commerce based on my ad spend for the day or wholesale, my margins from dicks. I know I sell it for this. I know I make it for this. I know my net profit, but I don't get that until the terms. So it could be 90 days. It could be 60 days or 30, depending on the retailer. So it's me putting up the cash for the inventory, landing the inventory, sending it out, and then having to wait 90 days to collect my cash on it. So it gets really difficult to manage, like, where do we preference our stock when we do have limited stock? Do we say, hey, Dick, so you guys got to wait a month to get your inventory because we need to sell it right now and make some cash. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of fun negotiating the terms, negotiating when they get the when they get their units, when they don't get their units. In a perfect world, there'd be units for everybody, but we're self-funded. We've never taken a dollar from anybody. So it's all about having enough cash. That's amazing. No, you know, and I got to believe too, at some point, and maybe you guys are looking at this, so I don't want to go too far into your back office and discuss strategy, but it does become unique. And again, in the world that I know, when I collaborate with design and mechanical engineers on their next whatever device or machine, and then they're selling that, typically they're going to embrace one channel or omni-channel as opposed to, as you said, you know, you guys are doing e-com, which sometimes retailers don't like that. They want exclusivity. And then at the same time, to your point, as you kind of articulated, they ain't taking the inventory, though. That's that's on your neck. So, you know, I'm sure that as your brand continues to evolve and you guys continue to grow and you do get on that Forbes list, that's going to be, I'm, I'm sure, then the leverage in the discussion to say, look, you need more skin in the game on in- inventory because that's going to help allow you to control your costs and do forecasting accurately because that's the game, right? Is, hey, it's awesome that you're the popular guy, drinks are free, you're everywhere in terms of being a celeb. But then after the, I say honeymoon's over, then the reality comes back to, as you just said, you start learning very quickly that sales dollars is vanity and income is sanity. Meaning, you know, doesn't matter how many you're selling at volume or at scale, If your margins are peanuts, you really got to assess, hey, is it better for us to increase the price because the demand has forced that to where we can make more appropriate margins based on our production rate? And then also, like I said, you have to leverage, you know, that channel to market. So that's where I say, like, I have mad respect for you because I know your world. It's just our 512,000 components are not trending and exploding on Instagram, you know, like, like CrossNet. Now, I also, too, I want to give you, just because you have a lot of insight through your experience and success, you had mentioned 24 years old, you know film, you know media, you know how to go viral. Early stages on, going into 2019, as things are exploding and the wheel starting to run on its own now after you got it kickstarted, are you still very strongly a part of the creative? Are you guys outsourcing that due to your time? And that's that's still all of us. We like I said, we own a hundred percent of the company, so I'm involved. When you're you say founder, like we're doing everything from twelve o'clock, I'm doing payment processing. One o'clock, I'm doing marketing. Two o'clock, I'm doing emails. Three, I'm doing sales. It's like 
my hands are tied in everything. And now that we're kind of building this network and this kind of fame behind CrossNet, we can start talking to people who would have never spoken to me a year ago. Sure. Like I'm, I'm speaking to the most popular volleyball players in the world. And I'm, I'm not a volleyball guy growing up. I played football, I played basketball. We created this game for anybody who ever wanted to play volleyball, but just didn't really have the desire to do it in a team sport and just want to have fun, spike the ball. It doesn't, don't make it any more complicated than it is. So we're, yeah, we're able to leverage those connections and build out brand partnerships for CrossNet now, which I'm really excited about. We're going to have some of the best volleyball players ever to like be using a CrossNet in like the next few weeks, which I'm really pumped for. So, and I'm sure that there'll be some announcement then on the website where you can disclose that publicly. Yeah. So here's, here's the question I have separate from the celebs that are going to be signing with CrossNet. And separate from these people that, you know, I run into that say, oh, you met Chris Mead, man. He must sit on a, you know, a, a 800 foot yacht, you know, every day and do nothing. Can you just for the listeners, give them a little bit of reality check that think that you're not hustling and that you're just, you know, sipping on a drink, looking out the window at the ocean? Like how many hours a week are you still? We're talking again after your fiscal 2019, $2.5 million. Can you just... Rest assured to all the listeners, how many hours are you working a week right now? Working yesterday, I work seven days a week, no doubt. And it's the biggest thing is like I'm working all the time because I'm always thinking about the projects, right? Like I went down to the pool yesterday to try to enjoy an hour by myself and can't even think because all I'm thinking about is like, what else can I do to fix the company and make it better? Sure. But yeah, probably well over 70 hours a week. But the best thing is it's it's still fun. We all still have the fire. We all still wake up every day and it's not like... Uh, I'm going to work or I got to take the train. It's like working on my company. Everything I do like is a direct result of building this thing in the future. So really, really stoked. That's amazing. Now let's talk a little bit for the future. So separate again from some of the uh, partnerships that you guys are going to be announcing. So to all the listeners, stay tuned, crossnetgame.com. There's going to be some major updates coming in regards to some uh, partnerships with celebrities. As far as the future, okay, and we again, it, now is a perfect time as any to talk about context, right? One of, to me, new idea, new concept, new sport, you look at UFC. Yep. And I, I'm going to ask this and you can say, I'm not ready to go public with it or say, so Will, great question, but I'm not answering now. It's again, separate from partnerships, the future for you and CrossNet with your co-founders and, and your, your growing team. Does Chris have in his mind a dream of one day where nationwide there's cross net tournaments. Can you talk a little bit more like, so if we look at today, as the listeners have heard, you're not sleeping much, 70 hours. So for all you life coach or life, whatever you're called influencers, here's somebody that's making real money with a real consumer product delivering coast to coast around the world. I'm sure that's now. So again, forget forecast because you guys are still, it's it's nonstop. What does the future look like for you in terms of experiences with CrossNet? Yeah, so my goals right now are, we're in seven, as of talking right now, we're in 7,500 schools across the world. My biggest goal is to one, have CrossNet become a sport. And the way I think about it, right, is we own the rights to sell a basketball hoop. When you look at a basketball hoop, you know how to play, right? When you look at a cross net, you may not know how to play now. So embedding those rules and embedding that gameplay into everybody's like mind is what my biggest mission is over the next few years. 
I want this to become a global sport. There's rules behind it. There's a game player behind it. There's people that are really damn good. And I've met them in person at tournaments that we've had. Mm -hmm. So getting this to become a global sport and getting volleyball players and athletes to be evangelists for it, that's really like the biggest thing for me. We just released our doubles net, which makes it a, a two versus two versus two versus two game. Okay. So I really see it becoming more of a team sport than a solo sport because sports are better in teams, right? That's You don't really think of too many solo sports besides tennis. So bringing cross it into a team element, being able to have teams all across the world compete, that's going to be really cool uh, in the future of CrossNet. And I do have to ask too, just because as, as we speak about your future and your plan, so in the world of tennis, there's clay courts, there's grass, there's other surfaces. Is there also then potential for CrossNet because – for again, for those of you that don't know, you can set up CrossNet anywhere in your home if you've got a mansion and you've got a lot of space. It can yeah. be on a beach, it can be on asphalt, it can be anywhere. Is there then potential then to or advantages or different surface plays that uh, do an impact how you play, maybe the rules, or are as of now are you just saying, hey, the big dream is let's make it a sport and then we'll work out the venue or in terms of like what surfaces we're playing on. I mean, that's what keeps me up at night and also gets me going in the morning, right? Is that you can break it out by a different type of court. You can break it out by indoor, outdoor, different athletes that compete indoor. Like, it's just crazy. So there's so much work left to be done, which really makes it exciting. But yeah, right now, the biggest thing is just get it to be a sport and get you to understand, hey, it's not a four-way net that we just tap. It's an actual sport. So... And something huge that I noticed since you and I connected, and I watch, like I said, I'm, I'm a huge fan. There was a major announcement that happened for you that I think you're proud of. And I think, you know, on top of hearing from celebrities that, you know, you kind of fanboy and go, oh, my God, guess who just called to something that's pretty incredible happening. So a lot of times people will benchmark success when they get a fancy trophy or they get recognized. Like now, like I said. All the major players are contacting you daily, including Forbes, where you're being nominated. But you got a ball, and that's a big deal. Can you kind of talk about that and what that means to you and why it does matter along the context of what you just said of being a sport reality? I mean, legitimizing our game has been everything, especially in the beginning, trying to introduce it to volleyball players. They'd be, uh, maybe it's not, not a good tool for me, but now that we're actually being such a legit part of the volleyball community people are learning how to play volleyball we just got a partnership with wilson like the actual real wilson that i grew up like not even able to afford the basketball like at walmart i remember having to go for the cheaper option so like getting a deal with wilson for their optx volleyball co-branded with our logo on it that's massive so we're going to start selling that nationwide in every retail store. It's going to be on our website. And we just had an initial test run and that sold out within like hours. So uh, having tons more coming to the country very soon. But just having the Wilson name behind CrossNet, like it's no longer an e-commerce store or a dropship store. It's a legit branding company. And I'm so proud of that. Now, in terms of like protecting your IP, right? Because as yeah. you had said, you guys have done a great job of ensuring that you did protect your design you protected the product across that itself. Now you have two games. You have singles and then you have doubles, right? So there's two different nets. You have negotiated and worked out with Wilson on the volleyball. I'm not 
a complete meathead <laughs> that I expect that there's going to be apparel, there's going to be shoes, there's going to be your phone doesn't stop ringing. So the fact that you're on the Where's Willie podcast of all people, truly humbled because your time is so valuable. Can you talk a little bit about not, again, making things public yet till you're ready to announce on the website, but the process of when somebody reaches out and they say, hey, and it's flipped. You were on that call. Hey, I have this crossing. I really want you to give it a try. Please, oh, please, oh, please. Now you're getting, Chris, hey, will you please be my friend? We want to give you a licensed shoe. Please. Uh, can you kind of talk about, honestly, you know, you did, I guarantee you, you did for the listeners. You got laughed at. You got snubbed at first, but you yeah, didn't yeah. stop and you believed in it. So because of your own experience of people that maybe crapped on you, it didn't give you a chance. I'm sure it gives you a little chip for those naysayers. But at the same time, you have some humility to understand what it's like. So are you trying as best as you can in managing time to give everybody that chance to hear them out, their pitch to you, to partner now with CrossNet because you are it right now? It's cool. It's really humbling. It's you always got to remember, like I always remember, like where I'm from, what we're building. Just I still them, but just a normal kid. Like I go out, like to have fun with my friends, and just I'm a normal 27 year old with a good idea. But yeah, it's great to be able to have people pitch me all day. Just try to connect. I, I try to do the same thing, right? I'm still trying to network with entrepreneurs who are where I want to be. Uh, now my barrier to entry is just a little bit easier, which is really, really nice. But yeah, I use the, the platform, especially just to increase my business, right? Like I put out like RFPs every month for my business. Like who could help me with shipping? Who could help me with processing? Who could help me save a dollar here? Like, and I'll meet new people at the forefront of it. It's me saving money for my business, which ultimately is making me more money uh, in the long run. Sure. Now, because this is my interview and I'm extremely biased because I think, again, crossnetgame.com is incredible, uh, the product that you're putting out, and I think you're just getting started. As far as RFPs, are there anything, just again, for the listeners, maybe they happen to know people, as you know, I told you I'm affiliated with C-Suite Network, which is pretty legit in terms of people with deep pockets and connections. Is there currently anything that, uh, again, non-IP related, but things that you are looking for? Maybe if, like, for example, if you're looking for venues or you're looking for partners for shoes, is there anybody that you're open to actively considering right now? Right now, one that we're doing uh, is for shipping, so domestic shipping. One from our new California warehouse to the rest of the 50 states. We also just opened up a Canadian warehouse, so from Toronto to anywhere in Canada. Freight forwarding, one from our factories in China domestically to California. One from our China warehouses to our factories in Toronto. We're always open for payment processing. We're always open to anything that could save money on the shipping side. And then I am always open to hearing anybody's ideas, Chris at crossnetgame.com. If you think you'd save me money, I'm open hearing. Now, and in the spirit of manufacturing, as you know, you know, I get a lot of, I don't want to say ridicule, but when people find out about Kogane, they go, oh, you know, you're Japanese. Well, no, I'm not. And my boss lives in Palo Alto. So we're California-based, we're US dollar, we're not yen. So we take all that risk. We're independent of Kogane Corporation. People... You know, just like you and me, I'm a proud Midwestern kid. We love USA manufacturing, this idea of reshoring. Some of the conversations I've had were, yeah, it sounds great, but the reality, that it's not even close in terms of like the manufacturing costs. But I do believe being a kid from Connecticut, and you name your town again, by the way. Shout out to Woodstock, Connecticut. Get this guy a key to the city, or at least his brother, <laughs> let him fight for it. 
I'm sure you guys have this desire to say, hey, we do we do want to expand and we want to have multiple manufacturing facilities, including Miami. You know, is that something else that, you know, is kind of near and dear to you or maybe like deep down, like with your man, it would make mom and dad real proud if we had manufacturing in, in Woodstock? Yeah. Short answer is yes. Okay. Uh, but kind of like you said, right, like if it's going to cost 3x my price, mm-hmm. then my retail price has to jump 3x. And right now. 150 bucks for somebody to get a volleyball net's already pretty pricey. So any USA manufacturer listening, if you could come close to my US, uh, my China costs, business is yours. That's awesome. Well, Chris, again, your time is extremely valuable. I know you probably have every major uh, volleyball player on the line right now. You've got, you know, Nike calling you to make you a shoe, I'm sure. I do want to thank you for taking some time to be a guest of the podcast. For everyone listening, again, CrossNetGame.com co-founder and legend Chris Mead. You can find him in Miami, maybe with his brother. He might spike him in the face. (laughs) Go to crossnetgame.com. They are just getting started. I do believe in your vision. You will become a national sport, international sport. And uh, I at least get to say I knew you. (laughs) <laughs> but um, you know, I really do thank you for being a guest. I am going to invite you when you do make some of the announcements public. Some of the celebrities are going to be partnering with you. You know, maybe again, you've got the Wilson volleyball, so kudos to that. I expect you'll have a shoe. There'll be a lot more coming down. I wish you, your family, your CrossNet team, nothing but continued success, happiness, safety through this COVID pandemic. You know, again, I think the world's for the five people that don't know you already, they're going to definitely get to know you. So as I've plugged, crossnetgame.com, where else can they find you on social? Crossnetgame.com, at Crossnet, at Crossnetgame, actually, and LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn's my network. I use that way too much. So Chris Mead on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being a guest of the podcast. Thank you to, to all of you tuning in. If you're new, I invite you to share your feedback, connect, follow, so I can work to give you more of what you want to hear in the world of innovation, leadership, and everyday life and manufacturing, like you just heard from Chris Mead, co-founder, Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee, just getting started. Sorry we're not giving more love to his brother, but he, he agreed to be on the camera, so Chris is getting all the love. If you have a story you want to share, or support Woodstock, Connecticut, reach out, give them a high five. The process is simple. Go to wereswilliepodcast.com, complete the guest form at the bottom of the page. All guests are free to the show. Thank you all for tuning in. Chris, always a pleasure. I can't wait to hear more continued success in the months ahead. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Where's Willie Show. For more information on future shows, please visit wereswilliepodcast.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at wereswilliepodcast.com and on Twitter at Where's Willie P.O.D. Thank you all so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.